Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life on Mars. I'm Alex, CEO and founder of Marsbase. And in this episode, I'll be talking about something that has happened recently. I addressed the entire company to make sure that everybody stays calm just because there's a harsh market out there. I mean, if you've been noticing, there's news of massive layoffs, not only Twitter, because Elon Musk is pretty much fucking up everything that he touches, but other big companies like Eventbrite, Amazon, Meta, I mean, Facebook, call it however you want, Lyft, Klarna, Stripe, Shopify, big tech giants, some of them have been laying off a lot of people. All the big tech and the medium-sized tech and scale-ups uh, on a bigger scale, they have been laying off people just because they're, they, they were overly optimistic on their on their vision of the market after the pandemic. They were way too bullish on growth. They would think that they they were thinking probably that everything would last forever. This kind of tendency whereby investors were pouring money on high growth companies and the, there was a rising stock market and whatnot. So this is proving that it was not right. There are certain things on a major, you know, on a macroeconomic scale that I wouldn't be the best person to tell you about that. But that, that affect the local markets, that affect um, the valuations of companies, that affect the price for the money in venture capital. So therefore, there's been, or we are experiencing this correction in the market. However, I, I address the entire company today just to make sure that everybody stays calm because we are an organic growth-led company. We are a bootstrap. We don't depend on any other. We depend, obviously, on clients, but even that can be can be sorted out, right? We are an agency. We have been operating at full capacity for almost 90 years now. There are actually people in line. There are clients in line that are waiting for our availability so that we can start working together. So I just wanted to send this message to the team. And I think it somehow can be interesting for other people. Because if you're running an agency, you will know this. A lot of agencies died during the pandemic. They had to shut down. They had to shrink down if they had an excessively large team. Maybe they lost their biggest client and whatnot. There are a few things that I think that we can take away from this and that I wanted to share with our audience because I think that if you're running an agency or even if you're a sole contractor, if you are a freelancer, I think there are some things that you can learn from this and, and maybe, you know, reach out if you got any any doubt. But I think that I'm going to share three tiny bits of advice that I think could be profitable for, uh, for a lot of people. Because I don't know or we don't know as a company how long this will last. This is actually our first market downturn as entrepreneurs. Remember that Xavi, Jordi, and I, the three partners and co-founders of Marspace, are first-time entrepreneurs. And even though we've been running this company for almost nine years now, this is our first company. So we keep fucking up in very basic things sometimes because it's our first company. And we are encountering things for the first time, even in our ninth year. Why? Because right now we've got a scale of team. We have a certain kind of clients. We have a, you know, we have other obligations. We are reaching certain levels of revenue that we had never experienced before. Taxes, hiring, firing, and management, and tools, and tendencies in the market that we didn't know about. And we are encountering them for the first time. So even though I think that on 
you know, on the global, I think that we are taking the right decisions pretty much every time. Of course, we keep fucking up and we keep learning. And sometimes it's very expensive learning, right? But there are three things I think that every agency should be doing right now to prevent to prevent failure, to prevent uh, losing too many contracts, to prevent losing revenue. Because if you do things right, and I've spoken to a lot of agencies, I've spoken to, when when the pandemic came around in, uh, allow me this break, when, when 2020 came in and around like March, April, that we were in harsh lockdown in our houses, I reached out to a lot of people, a lot of seasoned entrepreneurs, and some of them were our clients, some of them are people from the industry, some people I know through Start Prime, that I thought I could learn from because I was, I called them and I was very honest. This is the first downturn, this is the first crisis, this is the first black swan, if you will, that we are experiencing. What should we be prepared for, right? What should we expect? What can we do to prepare? What can we do to bounce back stronger than ever? And I had a few interesting conversations, but the most reassuring ones were those with owners of agencies. Why? Because they told me that during economic downturns, crisis and whatnot, this is the best time for agencies to grow. Because like it or not, companies will be in hiring freeze. Even Google right now is at hiring freeze. Of course, they keep hiring for very specific and critical roles and they will hire that person but on the on the whole they are in a hiring freeze uh, other big technological companies are in a hiring freeze right but the projects need to be completed somebody has got to do them and if you're laying off people and you cannot hire anymore chances are you're understaffed because you have your current projects but new projects keep coming up because of your partners your clients your vendors your integrations whatnot so there's companies, the bigger companies, maybe incumbents and corporations, if you will, they have to outsource because that's the only way that they can make things happen without incurring in fixed cost. And they're delegating that to somebody else for perhaps higher price in the short term, but without the obligation or the risk of having to hire people internally and all the implications it has. Therefore, if you do things right, this can be a great opportunity for a company. Of course, we don't like what's going on. Of course, we don't like market downturns and, and lows, but they will happen. It's inevitable. We cannot pretend they are not going to happen. You have to be prepared. And whatever we can do to contribute and to help you, you know, we'll do it. We're here to help each other. That's one of the core values of, of Marspace. We are community-led and driven. So anyways, three key learnings I wanted to share with you. Let's uh, get straight into the topic. The first one is, I know this is not right, but a lot of agencies and contractors still work without a contract. As a matter of fact, we still in our ninth year are working without a contract with some of our clients. We have righted that wrong in the, in the last 12 months. But you know, sometimes you keep you start working for a client, things go so well that you keep renewing, you know, and kind of like a normal agreement, but you never sign that contract again. And luckily enough, we are a company that doesn't have client attrition. We very rarely lose clients. 
we have never lost a client to another provider because we haven't done the right job. We have lost clients because they've shut down, they've run out of money, or they became too small for the company, or we have sacked them when they turn into toxic clients. That's happened in a couple of occasions, sadly, but sometimes, you know, clients become too pushy, aggressive. They just have this bossy project managers and they change culture, they change conditions um, on a last release. So that's something that we're not willing to accept. So in that case, it's good not to have a contract, but on the whole, it's much better to have a contract with every client that you've got. Why? Because even though that when things go south, contracts are, you know, are useless, can be really useless because as a provider, as a contractor, you are like the companies, if they, they go bust, if they become bankrupt, you are the last of their priorities. And first, they will service and give the money back to the, the shareholders, the owners, then the employees, then this, then that. And the last, the very last ones on that chain are providers, right? So if they really want to cancel a contract, they will cancel it. If they're great, if they're good people, then they will pay a compensation fee. But, you know, it's not very likely they will have the money for a compensation if they are going bankrupt. So... All in all, I think it's good to have a contract. If you can enforce longer contracts, it's much better than shorter ones because then you will be you you will not be forced into the hamster wheel of having to go week after week after week renewing or month after month renewing contracts. If you can, if you can convince your clients after you you have been working for a while to sign an annual contract, all the better. You can give discounts. We don't give discounts, but we used to to incentivize this kind of longer contracts in exchange of, uh, for a you know in exchange for a lower rate if you will i think that, that that can help to to convince them in the first place once you have been running for a while working for them for many years that rate maybe just can go up again and every time you sign a contract you can renegotiate rates that's a positive thing but anyways that's maybe a topic for another podcast the, the point here is that it's great to have your back covered. So if you can sign a contract, that's uh, that's very positive. If you haven't, maybe it's a great time to start talking about contracts right now. So have that conversation with your clients. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting and very, very beneficial for the company, right? We are actually enforcing longer contracts with our clients. In some cases, we're signing contracts for two, three, and even four years. We have signed one for four years, which is incredible. But you know, once you have done a great job for a client, they might want to keep you around for a while. Maybe that's their way of also locking you, your availability, and in you know, to a certain extent, the the rates, right? Or certain conditions. So if you provide if the value goes both ways, I think both parties will be okay with signing contracts. So therefore, you should be doing that. And by signing longer contracts, your team will have a little bit more peace of mind. That's point number one. Point number two is hire cautiously. We have been hiring two, three people per year only. We're not very aggressive when it comes to hiring. We believe in cherry picking all the employees that we've got. We maybe will hire you know, not as many people as we probably could have, but the right amount that we should have. We could have more, but then again, we don't want to turn into an accordion company, you know, the kind of company that just like 
um, becomes very large and then shrinks down. And then when things go right again, then they just hire a bunch of people. And then when things go tits up, then maybe it's time to to lower the number of employees again. So we don't want to become that kind of company. Uh, the same that we don't have client attrition, we don't have employee attrition. It's virtually non-existent. I think that in the last six years, almost seven years, we've lost two developers only. So... I could be wrong, but it's something along those lines. It's so low, it's even stupid, right? It's, it's sometimes it's hard to believe, and uh, believe it or not, we 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 don't even believe it ourselves. So we're really lucky. Most, if not of all, our employees right now have been working in the company for over three, five years. We've got people that will turn eight in the company, right? Most of the company, on on the average. Every March-based team member has been five years in the company. How many tech companies nowadays can claim this, especially working in this space, right? So we have been very cautious when it comes to hiring, and I believe that's part of the success. We take a long, a long time. Um, that's part of the hire slow, fire fast. I think that we believe in this philosophy. We have never adhered to it, but somehow, you know, organically, we've come to the same conclusion that just works this way. But by hiring two or three people a year, maybe four, if, if it's a great year, we can devote a lot of time into coaching them, training them, welcoming and onboarding them correctly, doing a, a thought-off review of everything they do in the first month. They, we assign them a buddy. So, you know, we don't overhire. Therefore, we, don't, we will not have to lay off people. On the contrary, in 2020, we hired, I think we hired three people. In 2021, we, we hired also three people. This year, we'll have hired three people as well. So that's, we keep going on the on our average. And I believe that that's the way to go. If you don't overhire, then you'll not have to worry about firing people, right? If you don't lose clients, you will not have to lose developers. At the same time, if you don't lose developers, you will not have to lose clients because you don't have people to service them. So finding this right balance is very complicated, but as long as you can control the, that and keep it within sane limits, I think it's a, it's a good strategy as well to show the team that you are still hiring means that the company is stable, right? So if you can if you really have got business in your pipeline, if you have got clients that want to renew your contracts and you expect to land more clients, just it's a good strategy. Actually, get more business. Don't 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 stop getting new clients because if you aim to maintain yourself, chances are things are gonna go south because you know unexpected things happen all the time. But if you keep growing, growing, the worst that can happen is you can you can experience a slight drop that will take you to you know maintain, maybe to break even, if you will. So in in a sense, as some degree of growth is always positive, even even in rough times, just because they will allow for more more elbow room if things go tits up, right? So uh, keep getting new clients, keep signing contracts, hire people, aim to grow, because if you aim to grow, you know, it's kind of like shoot for the stars. And if you don't make it, you will land on the moon. So at the very end, you will have a slightly larger team, but mm, so long as things are controlled and within budget, you should be okay. And the third one is perhaps the most controversial for an agency and for contractors. I know it's very hard and it's harsh to say, and it's even more difficult to do, but you got to proactively get rid of clients. What do I mean by that? It's not like, okay, you don't want to, you don't want to kick out every client that you've got. You don't want to drop every contract. 
But there are certain clients that can give you an indication that things are going south. By we are very close to our clients. We like talking to them very often. We like to get involved at a partner level. So we are not purely just contractors. We have conversations CEO to CEO in most cases. So we are well aware of their business. We are well aware of how they're doing. We try to help them with um, outside of the scope of web development and mobile development. So if we can also introduce them to people, finding them investors or potential acquirers or whatnot, we'll do it, right? So this allows us to have other kind of conversation and they will open up more easily as to whether they're doing great or not so great. And so you can have a few indications. For us, we know that a certain tendency is that sometimes clients start to reduce your capacity in a gradual manner. Say you've got two developers for a year and then they want to renew. They say like, ah, you know, I'm going to just take one next year because budget limitations, business not going so well. All right. Then six months pass and then they come and they they want to they wanna slice down a little bit the budget. And they're like, okay, I can only afford... Uh, one person, but part-time. You know, the next step is going to be um, work on demand or just a few hours per week or per month, like kind of like in a bank of hours. And the next step after that is going to be canceling the contract because they've run out of money. So not saying you should drop them, you know, at the first signal, try to help them have serious conversations, try to see if it's just a matter of cash flow that maybe you can postpone certain payments, delay them, or, or just, you know, provide a discount for certain months or try to, you know, kind of like do some work now for free that you, you can then invoice a little bit later. Um, I don't know. There are some creative uh, ways to go around this, but definitely, definitely, if you first try to help them if they cannot be helped because some companies are just downward spiraling into destruction, then you should be the one um, canceling the contract. Because otherwise, if they do it on you, you will be left out in the cold and you will not be prepared. And for some weeks, maybe your developer, the people in that team, they will be without a project, thus losing revenue, right? So if you, maybe you can even help the company, your client, if you say, look, we're going to pause the collaboration. We're going to take some time. We're going to take a breather. You guys don't incur into more spend. Call us if there's something critical. But maybe let's pause it here. Well, we've got this other project. We can replace, you know, replace the, the, the project with this other one. We'll be fine. You will be fine spending less. Let's do it. Maybe it's even beneficial for them, right? And other clients are just, will be just stopping to pay you. They will be delaying payments. Uh, if they are not great at communication, if they are not honest, if they are maybe forced by the board or financial people, whoever, maybe some advisors, some people are just like that kind of advisors. And they're like, fuck vendors, fuck contractors. So, you know, they're like, keep the team tight and close, but like the rest, you know, they are, they are, you know, they are disposable in this regard. You know, maybe it's a good time to proactively drop these clients. Uh, as I said, not don't drop them right away. Try to have these serious conversations. I think that there are several reasons why you should get rid of clients sometimes. It's one of the hardest learnings we've had in Mars Space. We should have done this in the past. We haven't done it enough. 
And we still struggle because, uh, you know, let's let's face it, we are good people. We can be great developers, but overall and above all, we are good people. And we don't want to... We don't don't want to feel like we've abandoned somebody, some project, some company, or you know, some the people behind the companies that have been trusting us with their projects for years. If things go south for them, we want to make sure at least that we have tried. But if it really doesn't work out, the best decision for your business is to drop them because otherwise they will drop you <laughs> and. And you'll be in in a way worse spot, right? It's honest if you conduct the correct conversations, if you communicate accordingly, if you do it proactively and giving sufficient time or handover, documentation, everything to happen, any plan. And if you do it this way, and we've done it, believe me, this year we've done it at least three times. Unfortunately, because some clients are really struggling with pandemic, post-pandemic, you know, economic downturn, crisis in Russia and whatnot. Not only three times this year, a couple of times last year, it's a very hard conversation. But I think that in all of the cases, we have managed to have a really happy clients. One of them we dropped last year has returned this year because we did it the correct way. They appreciate it. They were able to recover financially. They were able to raise some money and get some revenues in place. And they could afford us again. And they have trusted us again for this new phase of the company with a much smaller team, right? All in all, so as I said, longer contracts. Still hire and get more business if you want and communicate to the team, signal to the team that things are going well. And three, proactively get rid of clients or at least try to help them. Do as much as you you can, but don't let them die out on you. Because when these things happen, misery loves company. And it will not be just one company. It will be two companies. And then while you're fixing these and juggling between possibilities here and there, there'll be a third client that will die and go out of business, right? So you don't want to risk it. It's better to lose a client than to lose three or four or five developers. It also depends on your strategy as a company. Maybe for you, it's really way harder to get clients than developers. Luckily for us, it's easy to get both. A little bit trickier to get developers. But anyways, those are the three things that I wanted to share with you. I wanted to send a positive message to everybody. Stay calm. We survived the last pandemic. We will survive this. We'll get over this situation. I think that agencies, supposedly on paper, We've got a great time ahead of us. We don't want to obviously bask and 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 on other people's misery, but uh, let's let's look at it on a positive note. So maybe it's a great time for people who uh, were laid off from product-based companies to join services for a while and endure and withstand this adversity of a time that we've got right now. And maybe when things go better again, there's another bullish market. There, you know, things are. Looking great to investigating growth, maybe it's time to go back to creating your own business or joining a high growth startup for the time being. Maybe it's time to play it a little bit more stable. So, all in all, thank you very much for listening. Uh, as you can tell, we didn't have a guest for this <laughs> for this week, but today I interviewed Bernard Ferrero, 
from Nick and Jaime Novoa from the, the KFAN podcast. And KFAN obviously is a company. And one of the key points of the conversation in the span and that will come out in the Spanish feed of Life on Mars was that as a podcast, you cannot afford, you shouldn't afford to go a week without publishing an episode. I took it that really close to me and I said, you know, let's do it. We didn't have an episode for this week. Now we have. These solo episodes are performing really, really well. So thank you for your trust. Um, I thought they would be boring to people. I thought they wouldn't work. But to be honest, we are at the same level of downloads as regular episodes. So maybe that's a sign that we have to try new things. So thank you very much for your trust. And again, if you're enjoying this podcast, give it a, you know, give it a thumbs up, give it a share, give it a like, give it a subscribe and all these things that people do on your favorite podcasting platform. And until next time, see you. Happy Alex. And see you in the next episode. Bye.